Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Clark, and this is Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. My brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe... Aang can save the world. Today, we will be discussing Avatar The Last Airbender, Season 3, Episode 18, titled Sozin's Comet, Part 1, The Phoenix King. We made it. We're finally here. We finally made it to this glorious moment. The beginning of the end. Sozin's Comet, the four-part series finale of Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, I've been waiting for this for so long. I have been so eagerly awaiting the opportunity to discuss Sozin's Comet. Sozin's Comet, collectively, makes for my favorite episode of this entire show. I genuinely believe that Sozin's Comet is Avatar The Last Airbender... At its absolute best. It is the perfect confluence of everything that's made this show great. It has amazing humor. Amazing character arcs. It is fun, yet deep at the same time. It is. It manages to be whimsical, yet very dark at the same time. It goes to some truly mind-blowing pace... Some truly mind-blowing places. Uh, It closes out this story perfectly. It closes out every single character arc perfectly. It is a poetic end to a brilliant, brilliant show. It's also paced perfectly. Like, I gotta praise the decision to make this four episodes. To make this a four-part finale. Instead of, like, the standard two-part. Which is normally what... The multi-part arcs are only two-parters. Because here's the thing. If this finale was a second shorter, it would have felt rushed. It would have felt immensely, immensely rushed. Like, there is not a single scene. There's not a single shot. There is not a single frame out of place in Sozin's Comet. Every single thing that occurs is necessary. Everything that happens is necessary. Everything that is uttered is necessary dialogue. Every single action is a necessary action. 
And yeah, like, you look at this particular episode on its own, and it's like, well, not much happened there. There wasn't a lot of plot progression in that. That just felt like setup. Yeah. It did. There was no plot progression. Not much happened in this episode. It was mostly setup. But it's brilliant setup. It's mind-blowingly well done setup. And not only that, but it is necessary setup. You need this first quarter for the rest of it to work. You need this to be its own episode for the other three sections of Sozin's Comet to work as well as they do. It is fantastic. This is a brilliant four-part arc that creates such a perfect closing out of this show. Uh, I am very excited to spend the next four weekdays, uh, the rest of this week and also Monday, talking about Sosan's Comet, because... Like I said, it's Avatar at its best. It's Avatar The Last Airbender at its absolute best. And this first quarter is a really, really fantastic opening to this brilliant final arc. So we start this opening sequence, and here's what makes this so effective. This starts, and it could not be more innocent. It could not be more carefree. Like, Aang's straining with fire. He's doing his firebending deal. And Zuko's pushing him hard. And everyone else is like, Oh, lighten up, Zuko. Let's, let's have fun. Let's take a break. Oh, it's just... Let's not work ourselves so hard. They have a beach party, and it's nice. It is so... So nice to just see our heroes just relaxing on the beach, making sand sculptures. <laughs> Toph does like sand bending of bossing say. Sokka and Suki are having a nice moment. Like, it's just nice. It's fun. It's an innocent little set piece. And then Zuko attacks Aang. And then Zuko's like, you know what? This dude doesn't want to learn. I'm going to teach him by literally attacking him. And the result is this really, really phenomenal action sequence that just works so perfectly. Like, it's extremely well-crafted. It is perplexing in the best possible way. Uh, I love... Zuko just enormously lashing out as Aang is just trying to avoid any form of aggression. Because at this point, Aang is Zuko's friend. Like, Aang doesn't want to fight Zuko uh, the way he did back in Season 1 when Zuko was literally trying to murder him. Like, it, it's so, so good. And then you find out... Why Zuko was being so harsh? Why Zuko wanted Aang to stop relaxing? And I especially love how everyone makes the decision. Everyone announces the decision to 
wait till after the comet comes to fight the Fire Lord. I love how they just announced they've made that decision and Zuko's like, wait a minute, no one told me. This is a bad idea and I will tell you why. And then you get the story of Zuko and the war meeting. We find out what happened in the war meeting uh, all the way back in Nightmares and Daydreams. And it's, it's not great. So, Fire Lord Ozai decides that because there's like this these big Earth Kingdom rebellions happening, that it would be more efficient to burn everything to the ground. Thanks Azula for putting that in his head, by the way, because Azula is the one who first said, burn it all to the ground, and then Ozai just runs with it. And says, hey, you know what? That's a pretty good idea. When Sozin's Comet comes, I'll use it to end the Earth Kingdom. As Sozin used it to end the Air Nomads. From our airships, we will rain fire over their land. A fire which will consume everything. Blah, blah, blah. Ozai goes on this terrifying, terrifying monologue as he's outlining this horrific plan. And by the way, credit to Mark Hamill. My God. Up until this point, like, not to say that Mark Hamill hasn't done brilliant work as Ozai up until this point, but his appearances in this show have been minimal up until this point. He's shown up in one, maybe two scenes every few episodes at most. This is really the first time Ozai is front and center. This is really the first time Mark Hamill gets to be front and center and go all in on Ozai for lengthy periods of time. And damn. He is terrifying. He gives a brilliantly terrifying performance. A brilliantly unsettling performance as Fire Lord Ozai. It's incredible. He does an amazing, amazing job here. So, Ozai lays out this horrific, horrific plan. And not only does this give us the obvious stakes, but it also shows us why. Why Zuko eventually made the decision to go, you know what? I'm not okay with any of this. I think I'm gonna join the Avatar now. And, oh my god, the reactions to this plan... Like, to see everyone's faces just sink as Zuko tells this story, it's, it's a really, really devastating moment. Like, this is a plan of pure evil. Like, Ozai's literally planning to destroy, essentially, the world. He's literally planning to take over the world, to burn an entire civilization to the ground, 
And it... Like, they raise the stakes so insanely. And it's perfect. It really is perfect. Taking out the Fire Lord feels more urgent now than it ever has at any point in this series leading up to this moment. It's phenomenal. It's really, really phenomenal. And I I love Zuko's line to Aang of, I know you're scared, and I know you're not ready to save the world, but if you don't defeat the Fire Lord before the comet comes, there won't be a world to save anymore. Immediately, just in that one line, like you understand this is what we've been leading to. This is the moment of truth. This is what we've been building across three seasons of television, too. So then we get a bunch of training. Uh, Zuko teaches Aang how to redirect lightning, which is a very satisfying moment. The student becoming the teacher. Since Iroh taught him how to do that originally. He recounts uh, how he redirected lightning against Ozai. And he underscores the dangers of using that technique. More on that later. And then we get this fight with the Melon Lord. (laughs) The Melon Lord. I love the Melon Lord. The Melon Lord is so great. This entire fight where Sokka lays out this great plan of facing the Fire Lord with everyone there. Had some technical difficulties. My bad. I'm back now. Uh, But he has this plan to defeat the Fire Lord that he tries to put out through here. He tries to put into effect. Sokka is leading this assault and... It's a really, really phenomenal training sequence. I love how Toph... (laughs) How Toph basically poses as the Melon Lord's forces for the purposes of training. And she just goes all in. I am not Toph. I am Melon Lord. (laughs) It's so, so great. And of course... This leads the first to the first major conflict of Aang not wanting to kill Ozai, trying to find another way. He goes in for the final blow on Melon Lord and he can't do it. And then Sokka just berates him like, what are you doing? Why won't you do that? If this was the real thing, you'd be shot full of lightning right now. No. And then Sokka, like, after Aang goes into this whole thing of, like, it doesn't feel like me. I I can't do it. I was not taught to be a murderer. Sokka just takes out his sword, cuts off the Melon Lord's head, and is like, there, that's how it's done. Like, just with no remorse. It's a really amazing moment. Like, as Aang just 
has this look of horror on his face. And we go into this magnificent conflict. This magnificent inner conflict of how Aang wants to deal with his enemies. He knows how horrible Ozai is. He knows that the world would be better off without him. But he doesn't think he should go around killing people he doesn't like. Going around killing people. Like, that's not him. That's not how he was raised. That's not how he feels idealistically. It just doesn't feel right for him. But here's literally everyone else trying to hammer into Aang. You gotta kill Ozai. You gotta kill Ozai. You gotta kill Ozai. You gotta kill Ozai. And it really feels like Aang is backed into a corner on this. And I especially love this little blow-up he has at everyone. At night, how he just raises his voice at everyone and is like, Hey, when you find a way for me to take out Ozai without taking his life, I'd be glad to hear it. Like... He just is done with everyone. Like, no, you don't understand. You don't get the position I'm in. And just storms off. Oh, also, uh, Baby Ozai. Pretty great. (laughs) Pretty awesome. Pretty, pretty amazing moment. Where they find the picture of Baby Ozai. And this conflicts Aang even further because he knows... Ozai's a terrible person, but he's still a human being. Who am I to take the life of this person simply because I don't agree with their actions? It's a really human conflict, and it creates this gray area that deepens that character so perfectly, so far into the game. It's really amazing how they can tackle an arc so deep and so profound so late in the series. Like, it's the finale. We're leading up to the final battle, and yet they're still finding time to do this. This is why I love Avatar. And then, of course, Aang gets lured in by that weird island deal. More on that later. Next morning, he's just gone. He's disappeared. No one knows where he is. And they launch this desperate search, this really frantic search to find Aang. That comes up with nothing. That comes up with just a big fat load of zero. And immediately understand the issue of, uh, oh crap, uh... So without Aang, there's no one to defeat Ozai. So there's that. That's bad. That's not good at all. We're screwed. We're absolutely freaking screwed. And so they go all the way to the Earth Kingdom and Zuko finds... June. They have gone to June for help finding Aang.
So now we get her to turn. This time she's on the side of the angels. Cannot wait to go further into that. Of course, Aang wakes up on this island, and it's really weird, and it creates this fantastic cliffhanger. We'll get more into what happens on that island next time. Uh, and the last thing I want to go into deeply on, Ozai's departure. When Ozai is preparing to leave, preparing to go to the Earth Kingdom... Tasks Azula with watching over the Fire Nation and giving her the new title of Fire Lord. Which is this amazing moment for Azula as a character where she's just like, oh, I like this. I like this a lot. This devilishly satisfying moment for her. And then Ozai proclaims himself the Phoenix King. And all the flags, the new flags of the Phoenix King go up. Including this gigantic, massive flag. It's a really cool looking flag, by the way. Oh, every word that comes out of Mark Hamill's mouth. In this arc is terrifying. It really is. Ugh. And uh, yeah. That's all I have to say about that. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not going to say anything in closing. Except. We got three more parts of this. Thursday, Friday, Monday. Cannot wait to go into this further. I love Sozin's comments so much. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I will play those on the show from time to time. If you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. TomTom4468. And support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or if that doesn't work for you. You can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Avatar The Last Airbender Season 3, Episode 19. Talk to you then.